Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to an hour of our time. We're continuing our month of spookiness. We're talking about werewolves. We're going to go over the origins of werewolf lore, talk about some famous cases of people who were accused of being werewolves, and finally we're going to talk about some medical conditions that might make you be confused for a werewolf. I'm Joe. I'm Dave. And I'm Mark. Saw a werewolf eating at a place called me whole fucks. Gonna get big plate to beat y'all, man. Good God! So, everybody, how's everybody doing? Doing well. Getting in there. A little, uh, you know, getting into the, into the fall season. Recording these episodes is really helping me into the spirit i think yeah i'm having a nice fall drink right now what are you drinking i think they call they call it fruit punch oh <laughs> so you know like they make like simply orange and simply grape and shit like that this is simply fruit punch which i don't think really works that's like saying it's simply sugar red food coloring and like maybe a little bit of pineapple juice i don't know hmm. i'm having it's pretty good though having a great lakes Brewing Company, Oktoberfest. Trying to try and get that sponsorship. Great Lakes Brewing Company. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't think to look. Is tonight a full moon? It is uh, almost a new moon. Oh, I was just outside. So, so no. Well, Maybe by the time this comes safe. out, it'll be a full moon. Oh, there you go. So we're safe while we're recording, but you might not be safe while you're listening. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, I guess the full moon, you know, that's like uh, maybe where we could start talking about werewolves, I guess. Yeah. Do we want to start kind of where we do with the vampires? Like, what are the things that are like, that have lasted through lore to now? When you think of werewolf, what are the, what are the things we throw out there? Yeah. One is, one is like changing, right? Changing from a, a person to a werewolf and, and back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they change. Yeah, uh, they when they change into a werewolf, it's usually like I think sometimes it's involuntary. Yeah, it, yeah, it's usually involuntary, and you are gonna wreck a whole bunch of clothes. Yeah, and yeah, just burst right out of your shirt like the Incredible Hulk, but your pants, yeah. your pants will be intact. Makes you good at basketball. Very good at basketball yeah. and riding on the roof of a van. <laughs> true, true. I made a reference. Um, I made a reference to Teen Wolf. This story that I'm telling you is all already like over ten years old. It's back when I was teaching at OSU. I made a reference to Teen Wolf in one of my classes, and everyone looked at me like I had a goddamn hole in my head. Except for like one kid was like pointing at me like. 
I got you. I got that reference. One kid, one kid grew up with TBS. <laughs> I, right. I met a kid when I was in college. This was probably 2005. I met a person who not only had never seen Back to the Future, but didn't know what I was talking about. And I said to them, did you not have TBS growing up? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. the they bought now? the rights to this movie. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, they show it all the time. Uh, okay, so what about about werewolves? So, so, so we got how do you how do you kill how do you kill a werewolf? Well, we sorry. One thing I forgot about werewolves, or what I was going to mention, it's involuntary when you transform and also you lose some of your like human faculties, like you become bestial. Oh, that's true. It's not well. So much like the Hulk, right? Like so the so Bruce Banner turns into the Hulk and he becomes not only physically different, but like mentally, he's like enraged. He doesn't speak normally yeah it depends well, on what there, there are sort of, the of different different versions where someone could either turn into a literal wolf or a wolf-like creature oh well a wolf but man. i think the yeah. more the more modern viewpoint of it is like a wolf man yeah yeah i think that i think that that comes from like the hollywood universal monster <laughs> sort of thing right because that's the wolf man when you get into the movies of like the 80s and i'm thinking like um, American Werewolf in uh, in London, for example, um, it's it's really really more like becoming a wolf. You know, eventually the werewolf movies of Hollywood went away from the wolf man, and it was like man and wolf separate things. Um, yeah, then you have like yeah some of the in the some of the genre. There's the uh, yeah the wolf man, um, uh, like you know for instance. You might turn into a wolf man, and then you might be spotted drinking a pina colada outside of Trader Vic's. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Kind of. That's my fifth. One of the best, one of the best, like Halloween playlist jams, "Werewolves of London" by Warren Zevon. Oh my God! Yeah, uh, you, you warned us that last week. Werewolves of London. Uh, I I love, I love Warren Zevon. But I don't love that song. Oh, I love that song. It's one of the glaces. It's one of the greatest. I alluded to it. That's one of the greatest lines ever. Like, I saw a werewolf outside of Trader or drinking a pina colada outside of Trader Vicks, and his hair right. was perfect. <laughs> I think we can all agree that the best Warren Zevon song is Desperados Under the Eaves. If you don't know that song, go listen to it now. Just pause this, go listen to that song. It's a good song. You should listen to both it's of the songs song. that we've mentioned. Yeah, <laughs> just listen to Warren Zevon. So, is it werewolves are killed by a silver bullet, right? Or silver in general? Only Bob Seger could kill them. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say that he kind of had like Wolfman facial hair and, in the seventies. Yeah, and he also has def- he, he, extra. They're, they're killed by the night moves. He also has Ooh. defenses against werewolves because he's like a rock. <laughs> In order to kill a werewolf, you have to hit it with a Ford truck. <laughs> I think we should turn the page on this line of uh, jokes. Ooh, nicely Ooh. done. Yes. Um, it's we have to stop though, or I'll continue to sing like Bob Seger. In in a typical like modern werewolf lore, <clears throat> does the person remember what they did as the wolf when they go back to being a person? Like, let me ask you this. Robert Louis Stevenson, Jekyll and Hyde. Does 
the other one remember what the other one does? Are they aware of each other's existence? I believe so. I think they are. I think with but do they remember what the other one did? And because I think that this is kind of like a similar lore and a similar story. Yeah, I think part of the werewolf with a with a lot of the werewolf lore, part of what makes it like kind of uh, scary is that you might you won't know what you did. And so there's always the, you know, the the trope of the werewolf. Um, you know, the person they wake up and they've got, like, blood on them or something that it's not theirs. Right. Uh, so, you know, they might have done something terrible, but they, they don't know what it was. Uh, Although it's funny. The beast has taken people, over. People over the centuries that have confessed to being a werewolf definitely claim to know everything they did as a wolf. So... Yeah, I think that's like a modern invention because that's very much like a, I don't know, like a storytelling device. Exactly, something yeah, to I build. Say, it's, it's a lot more interesting. Yeah, something to build drama, yeah, because you, you, you transform and you didn't know what kind of horrors you committed. Well, this is I very think the story element there is that like you don't have control of it. Right. That's the interesting thing. Right. This is real different from the, um, this is the kind of like partway in between the other two kind of monsters that we've talked about, Chris, the vampire, you know, it's very, like in the modern conceptions, the vampire is very sexy, uh, powerful, uh, you know, people are like, you know, drawn to vampires. It seems kind of there's a mystique there. Zombies is like, you know, completely mindless, um, right? You know, kind of ghoul. And then the werewolf is like sort of in between. Yeah, because there's like a power yeah. there that you know people keep writing stories about these things and making movies. People are drawn to it in some way, but then also like, yeah, they're like beasts. They're not. Uh, no, no one's. Well, I guess there was those. The werewolves were in Twilight, but <laughs> well, may, maybe I was going to say no one's making talk. fiction about sexy werewolves, but that's not true. Someone did. Well, maybe let's talk a little bit about some of the the oldest vampire lore in existence. Werewolf, you mean? Wow, I'm all over the place. Yes, oldest werewolf lore in existence. And Mark, I'm sure you probably have some of this too. And Joe, you probably have some. All the way back yeah. to the, the place I got, to a, I got a little bit of a, a preamble for us if we want to. Let's get it. Get into that. Hit us with it. Go ahead. So werewolf comes from the old English for man wolf. Um, yeah. And Makes as sense. you probably already know, it's a human with the ability to shapeshift into a wolf or wolf type creature after being cursed or afflicted by another werewolf. In some cases, there's not shape-shifting. Like, they get turned into a wolf, and then they're just a wolf. Or I read one where, like, you get turned into a wolf, and you have to not eat human flesh for nine years in order to turn back. Oh, okay. So, sort like, sometimes like, it's sort of that. Sort of like with the vampire lore that we talked about, there are different variations with a similar theme. Um, and there was one story that I looked at where uh, it was a an ancient Greek narrative where a guy turned into a wolf and then was restored to a human after 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Um, So um, in Greek mythology, it's uh, uh, Lycaon, which is going to be how we get the name of a disorder. Um, He's the son of Pelagus, Pelasgus. Um, And he angered Zeus when he served him a, a meal from the remains of a sacrificed boy. It was the meal was made from the remains of a sacrificed boy. I'm not exactly sure why he did that. But Zeus as a punishment turned 
him and his sons into wolves. The version that I read said that this guy, um, after he was turned back into a human, went on to become an Olympic champion. Well, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Refer to our Olympics episode. It's probably Laceon, who is the son of, of Pelasgus, is probably how these names are said. Now that I'm looking at them again. The uh, the transformation, part of the story is that the, the transformation usually occurs on nights with a full moon. Right. And like you already mentioned, lycanthrope and lycanthropy are words for the same thing, a werewolf, uh, from the Greek meaning wolf-human. Mm-hmm. Um, although it has some ancient cultural roots that we'll talk about here in a moment, uh, belief in werewolves was widespread in medieval Europe, particularly in French and German-speaking countries, and stories of werewolf lore, as in their creation and persecution, are similar and parallel to perceptions of witchcraft. This is kind of an important. This is also this it. is also Nordic too. There's the saga oh, yeah. of Volsungs. Yeah. Um, so there were a lot of people who were accused of being werewolves, wolf riding, or wolf charming, in conjunction with being a witch in some of Europe's many witch trials, particularly in France. Um, I think you guys got something about some French werewolves. I do. Um, and I do. and, and as with, and as with vampires, werewolves became a literary theme in the 18th century and continue into popular modern culture. Um, werewolf lore, at least from a Western perspective, seems to be based on Christian reinterpretations of Germanic pagan mythology um, as wolves and other animals feature prominently in Germanic and Norse mythology as well as in other countries. Uh, as well as other cultures. Mm -hmm. Um, Christian writers stretched for reasons for one to be turned into a wolf, mostly settling on spells of some sort of, or some sort of misdeed. Um, The idea of a human turning into a lesser animal seems to be antithetical to the Christian viewpoint. And I think to that point, the other big difference between vampires and zombies and then werewolves is that werewolves are not undead. Right. Whereas the other two undead, which is also like stands very opposed to Christian thinking. Right. But there's not an undead element here. Well, there is, but it's not as relevant. I did read in one source that um, if a werewolf body was not treated in a certain way or they they didn't do something to it, it would come back to life. Oh. But that's not like a prominent part of the story. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, there are some some pretty cool werewolf mentions in ancient Greek stories. Mm-hmm. Um, one is in Herodotus's The Histories. Stop me if you, if either of you have anything about uh, Her- Herodotus is like the the world's first um, like travel writer. Yes. Well, he wrote that the the Nuri, a tribe in northeast Scythia, which would be Central Asia, were transformed into wolves once every several days. What? Sorry, uh, transformed into wolves once every year for several days, and then changed back to their human shape. Um, hmm. It, well, from what I read, it didn't have any other detail than that. 
Um, and then we have the uh, this Lysaeus guy who pissed off Zeus and was a werewolf for yep. a time and then became an Olympian. Um, and Mark, I got there's there's something a popular piece even before Greek mythology oh, okay. that might be one of the first mentions, which is the Epic of Gilgamesh. Which we um, mentioned, uh, mentioned in the Vampires episode, I think. I think we did, yeah. I guess in the story, Gilgamesh abandons a potential lover because he finds out that she had turned her previous mate into a wolf. Oh. So that might be the first mention um, of somebody being turned into a wolf in you know, some context of a, of a story passed down. Well, it's kind of interesting that all of these things are someone turning into a wolf, and yeah. it's not not described the same way as a werewolf yeah you know it's, I mean? in all these it's like it's a, yeah somebody got somebody got turned into something or got cursed and it's not it's definitely not a back and forth transformation that comes later i guess but yeah it's always like they get turned into a wolf and then they're just they're a wolf now uh we mentioned the uh epic of gilgamesh uh like like i said like a couple episodes ago and we were talking about where it was from uh, just to put a definitive note on that, it's it, it is uh, Sumer, which we had kind of half-heartedly <laughs> which confirmed is, was part of Mesopotamia. It, it right? was a, it was a Mesop. It's basically the earliest civilization, and it's in Mesopotamia. Yeah, got it. Okay. So sorry. Are you good? Um, Virgil, the poet, um, has a mention in one of his work, the Eclogues about a man named uh, Morris who used herbs and poisons to turn himself into a wolf. Oh. Um, there's okay. an, another thing in the Satyricon uh, where one of the characters is telling a story about a friend of his who turned into a wolf, and this is what he says. When I look for my buddy, I see he'd stripped and piled his clothes by the roadside. He pees in a circle around his clothes and then, just like that, turns into a wolf. After he turned into a wolf, he started howling and then ran off into the woods. Wait a minute, he did the peeing first? Yeah, it's like he did a ritual to turn himself into a werewolf. And part of it was the pissing in a circle, huh? Well, to be fair, yeah. I've never pissed in a circle before. That's so. also a very typical dog, like spinning, yeah. spin, like walk, going around in a circle and then also peeing on yes. things. Like, I saw my buddy, and he took off all of his clothes, shit on the ground, and then ate it. And next thing I knew, he was a golden retriever. <laughs> <laughs> there oh, are yeah. some uh, some Roman writers that refer to werewolves in stories uh, by the term versipellus. That means turn yeah, skin. Well, I saw that, too. I think turn skin is an awesome word. Yeah. Sounds pretty cool. Um, and then after that, uh, we sort of get into more, uh, Christian viewpoint type of stories. Well, can we talk Nordic first? Oh yeah. The, uh, the Ulfhednar. Well, I've got this, what's called the saga of Volsungs, which might be something different. Okay. This is the story of a father and son who discover wolf pelts that had the power to turn people into wolves for 10 days. Uh, they don the pelts, transform into wolves, and go on a killing rampage in the forest. Then the father attacks the son and almost kills him. But then a kind raven gives the son or gives the father a feather that heals the son. So good on you, raven. 
I guess. No. Well, um, werewolf elements are prominent in Scandinavia. Um, there are elements like that in the story that you just told. Um, in the 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 Norse myths with uh, Thor and Odin and all those guys, there are a lot of different animals or like supernatural animals involved mm-hmm. in their story or like a character element. Like there are ravens that oh, follow like a raven. Odin yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so wolves obviously appear uh, pretty regularly. Um, in Scandinavian lore, they have the uh, what they call the Ulfhednar, and they are Viking warriors dressed in wolf hides similar to berserkers. And were said to channel the spirits of wolves during battle. So these uh, warriors were said to be resistant to pain and very vicious in battle, much like wild animal. And both the Ulfednar and Berserkers are associated with Odin in their hmm. origin and mythology. And from a historical perspective, so, you know, like the modern Russian ethnicity, I guess I wanna say. Um, came about because of Vikings going through the river systems into Asia. Um, and from one of the things that I read, it said that Scandinavian traditions of this period may have spread to Kievan Rus, meaning the area of Russia and Ukraine, giving rise to the Slavic werewolf tale. So like with vampires, um, there's like a separate Eastern European flavor to their stories. Um, but it may be more linked in the case of um, werewolves to Scandinavia than anywhere else. I thought that was cool. Um, so like I said earlier, a lot of these stories have kind of a Christian interpretation of these older pagan stories. Um, and then there are writers like Augustine of Hippo, um, where he... He says in some of his texts, there's a book called The City of God. He explains that it is a very generally believed um, fact that by certain witch spells, men may be turned into wolves. And uh, in the Middle Ages, many Christian writers wrote of the quote-unquote widespread knowledge of people turning into wolves. So Hmm. um, I didn't really see any um clarification on that but uh it seems to me that there's this human and animal division inherent in like christian theology that you know if you get turned into a wolf somebody either put a curse on you or you you did something wrong you know what i mean yeah yeah you probably weren't choosing to do it out of nowhere so werewolves pop up in France, of all places. Yeah, quite a bit too. In French, werewolves are called loup garou, and legends of these shape-shifting creatures persist even today in the swamps of Louisiana due to the colonial influence of the French in this area. So there were a bunch of a bunch of like I didn't get too deep into it, but a lot of like w- witch trials that had a, a an element of were- yes. werewolf. Well, I've got a couple like specific stories of people that I thought were pretty odd. Okay. So one of the most well-known is that of two men. In 1521, there was a man named Pierre Burgot 
and a, guy, a man named Michelle Verdon. And they both allegedly swore allegiance to the devil or some person um, who, who gave them an ointment that turned them into wolves. I read a more detailed account, and it said that... Um, so it, Burgo specifically was a sheep herder, and he was approached by three riders dressed in black, and he was afraid that they were going to steal his sheep. Um, but one of the riders came up to him and said that he that they would leave him alone if he renounced God and basically like knelt to them, and he did. He basically made this pact with them. And then, like, years went on, years went by, and he's kind of worried about it. And this guy, Michel Verdon, also had the same sort of experience and kind of summoned Burgo into the woods. And that's when they supposedly used this ointment that turned them into wolves. And then they began a campaign of killing a lot of children, actually, and different travelers, like just random travelers in the area, um, they supposedly killed a seven-year-old boy by tearing him into pieces. They ate a little girl entirely except for her arm. Um, they killed a bunch of agricultural workers. And then Burgo claimed in his confession that he tore out the throat of a nine-year-old boy with his teeth. Damn. And they claimed to have done this because they specifically liked the taste of warm blood. And they also, um, well, it says that they confessed to bestiality. But I think that they claimed that as wolves, they would have sex with, like, she-wolves. Oh, well, that's just normal. Um, and they liked it. It's wolf, you know, wolf stuff. But they're wolves. You're a wolf. I, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. So, that's the thing. <laughs> um, I guess Verdone was caught because he attacked a traveler, and the traveler, I don't know, did something, injured him in some way. And then tracked the blood because he didn't want the wolf to come back to get him. And when he found the end of the trail of blood, he found Verdone with his wife who was tending a wound on him in the same spot where he had injured the wolf. And when he was captured, then Verdone instantly implicated Brico. Um, And another man named Philibert Monteau, might not be saying his last name correctly, he did not confess, but all three of them were burned at the stake, which is one of the ways they believed you could kill a werewolf. Um, there's so, also, so there's a little bit of overlap there. There is some overlap. There's another French story I'm trying to find. Um, oh, there was another another good one. I have a couple German ones, but before we go on that, I have a, a quick French one. The Beast of Gévaudan. Okay. It is. Uh, it's from 1200. It's actually a poem that might be one of the earliest written literary stories about a werewolf. It's uh, Marie de France, um, a famous writer, wrote a poem called Bis Clairvay. And in the story, a nobleman, for reasons not described, had to transform into a wolf every week. When his treacherous wife stole his clothing, needed to restore him to his human form, he escaped the king's wolf hunt by imploring the king for mercy and accompanied the king thereafter. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I've got a French, another French one from this roughly the same time, also the 16th century. A guy named Giles Garnier 
was known as the Werewolf of Dole. Mm. He um, claimed to also use an ointment that turned him into a werewolf. It's like the same story, which is interesting. And he also viciously killed children and ate them and was burned to death. So multiple people like claim to do the same things. But there's one other one. I wish I could find his name where like it's possible that his story is like was coerced out of a confession because he was a political prisoner. Um, oh, I found it. It's not, Ger- it's not France. It's German. Peter Stube, the Bedberg werewolf. My man. He was from Bedberg, Germany. Um, he turned into a wolf-like creature at night and devoured people. Um, he was blamed for um, for these killings after being cornered by hunters who claimed that they saw him shapeshift from a wolf to human. Um, and then he, is, this is, I'll read exactly what it says here. He experienced a grisly execution after confessing under torture to savagely killing animals, men, women, and children and eating their remains. So I don't know how much you can believe when somebody's confessing under torture. Um, he also declared he owned an enchantment belt, an enchanted belt that gave him the power to transform into a wolf. And it says, not surprisingly, the belt was never found. Um, Peter's guilt is controversial since some people believe he wasn't a killer, but the victim of a political witch hunt or perhaps a werewolf hunt. Um, but yeah, so the other people, they didn't seem to confess under torture. He he was definitely tortured. Well, the version of this that I read was that he was a serial killer and a cannibal and that they, or at least he kind of used um, werewolfery as an excuse for his behavior. Werewolfery. But this, this story, um, the main source of it is a pamphlet published in London in 1590 based on a different German pamphlet. But there's a pretty fucking metal woodcut of a guy tied to a wheel getting his head chopped off. This is a Peter Stube thing? Yeah. I'm going to see that. Stube woodcut. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh, that is pretty, uh, that's pretty gnarly. Why did they bother him tying him to this wheel? I don't know. It's probably part of the torture. You know when you break somebody on the wheel, they just tie you to this thing and then beat you with a rod until your legs break? I thought breaking you on the wheel was like they tie you in the curved pattern and kind of stretch you out. Maybe there are different versions of of this. I don't know. Because the way they have them tied to this wheel, I feel like you could just tie them to like a log or a rock or anything. You don't need to build a fucking wheel. A waste of a wheel over here. Anyways. Um, werewolves do not appear in Asian folklore, um, but the equivalent of people turning into leopards or tigers do. So it's funny you say this, because when I was looking into lycanthropy, it mentioned that the belief in the possibility of it happening is very important and that it's different in all parts of the world. Like you have wolves and bears in Europe. In Northern Asia, you have high people thinking they turn into hyenas and leopards in Africa, tigers in India and China, for example. So it's sort of like area specific. That makes sense. It's yeah. whatever animals are near. So sorry, before we leave Europe, did you guys were you guys gonna talk about the beast of Gevaldon? I don't know that that story. This is so this is like a famous um 
It's famous enough to have had a, uh, a really crappy movie um, <laughs> made out of it. Um, that was a, a financial success. Um, so the Beast of Gavadon is from France. So that's why I thought you guys were talking about it. I mentioned it. Um, this is a, a attacks by some kind of man-eating animal that happened um, in the um, province of Gevaudan or Gevaudan between 1764 and 1767. So it terrorized uh, this this whole region is about like 50 square miles. Um, and there's like various different estimates of how many people were killed. It, it's, it's hard, you know, from something so long ago, a lot of it's going to be exaggerated. The estimates range anywhere from 610 attacks resulting in 500 deaths to um, maybe um, like less than a hundred deaths. But mm. at some point, you know, people, including children, were uh, being killed. And there, this kind of ties into werewolf tales because depending on who was describing this thing, it was either essentially a wolf or like a werewolf-like um, creature. But, um, and there's been various different, like, this gets tied up into, like, cryptozoology. Oh, sure, yes. But it's, it's almost certainly a, it was a wolf. Or, or, probably, or more likely, like, a group of wolves. Um, eventually, uh, the wolf, cre- or wolf creature um, was killed. Um, and supposedly, it was killed by a local hunter named Jean Chastel, who shot it. So all the noblemen, and they organized like, huge resources to try to hunt this whatever kind of creature was making these attacks spent a lot of resources but it was a hunter that killed it and then there was all these stories that came later that um he used like homemade large caliber bullets that were um uh made with um virgin mary's petals like this type of flower uh but and he said his prayers right before firing and things these are all like literary inventions that happened after but in reality this guy just shot a wolf this guy shot a wolf is what happened yeah all right. So, so anyway, um, and there were like, <laughs> I mean, attacks by wolves were a serious thing during that period of time. Um, it was not serious thing now. Well, it was a real danger. So that's probably where some of these werewolf tales come from, like people actually getting killed and eaten by wolves. So you've said werewolf tales a few times. I know that's not what you mean, but isn't there a thing about werewolves not having tails? Oh. Um, isn't that part of like the legend? It depends. I think it depends. That? I've never heard that. I thought that that was like a thing. If in like the mo- more modern, like you change into a werewolf and change back, like think about the Wolfman. Does a Wolfman have a tail? I don't think so. Uh, Hold on. <laughs> well, while you're while you're waiting for that, there's been like a lot of like I said, this gets tied in with a lot of like cryptozoology. Like there's been several dumb History Channel and other shows where like this was like a hyena or some other kind of exotic animal that got loose in in France, quote unquote exotic, um, as if like a wolf was not a sufficient explanation. Um, there's also a lot of tales like over the years of like this is very similar to big cats living in Britain. It's like a big 
thing in cryptological circles, even though there are no big cats in England. Um, but this, uh, this <laughs> Beast of Gavadon was made into a movie in 2001 called The Brotherhood of the Wolf, which um, was it's one of the highest grossing French language films ever. And uh, you, you, I'm not telling, I'm not necessarily telling you to watch this movie, but if you do, uh, it is absolutely bonkers. It combines like a bunch of different genres. Like it's kind of trying to be a horror movie. It's kind of trying to be like a period piece. It's also kind of trying to be like a martial arts action movie. Cause basically the premise of it is, uh, the noble men, uh, call this, uh, this guy, uh, to come hunt the animal and he's uh, accompanied by his Iroquois partner played by oh, no. the actor uh, Mark Dacascos, uh who you've seen in things and he's like an amazing like martial arts actor okay um so <laughs> so there's like yeah there's like martial arts action in this dumb movie it's I watched it it's absolutely terrible but apparently people liked it and it made a lot of money like I said it's one of the highest grossing French language films. There's also a song that just came out by the band, uh, the German power metal band Powerwolf, about the Beast of Gavadon, which I've had stuck in my head for three days because of studying for this podcast. I kind of want to watch this movie now. Like I can tell it's shitty just by like the stills. Oh, it's shitty. Did you see it when it came out? No. Okay. No, I saw it like maybe two years ago. I mean, Vincent Cassell is in it. Yeah, he like. If you, unfortunately, if you look at his like Wikipedia page, this is like the movie that pops up that he's the most famous for, which is very unfortunate for him. Monica Monica Bellucci is in it. She is in it. Yeah, he had like real money put behind it. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's like a budget of, like thirty million dollars. Anyway. Oh, I guess the two of them were married at the time, which might explain why one of them is in it. Oh, that makes sense. One or the other, depending on. Now we're getting, now we're really getting to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. Any, Anyways. Anyway, sorry for that interlude, but I, I I could not let that pass up. Hey, Roger Ebert gave it three stars. Yeah, when I went back to like look into it to take a couple notes, I was like, oh, man. There would be some really funny like critics reviews of how shitty this movie was. People liked it. I don't get yeah, it. It's not not terribly reviewed. I'm kind of curious like what's uh, Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, it's like above a 70 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got almost it's got a 73 on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, think we need to watch it. I I don't know if those people were smoking when they watched this movie cuz it's not good. But you, you know, you judge for yourself audience brotherhood of the wolf well we've talked about a lot of like uh french and german happening maybe it's time to talk about you know some conditions that might have caused people to believe that other people were werewolves sure one thing i read about joe and i you were talking you and i were talking about it briefly before we started is St. Anthony's fire. Mm -hmm. It's an illness brought on by the ingestion of fungus-contaminated rye grain that causes ergot poisoning. Uh, ergotism, I guess, well, is the other name do, for do it. Do you know what's the compound that's in ergot? 
I don't. Lysergic acid diethylide. What does that mean? LSD. Oh. Yup. Oh. So if you eat it, so... you will trip balls. Got it. Well, I guess this has been like attributed to a lot of different, uh, like you know, witch hunts and other things at the time that people are just sort of like bugging out. It's going to look pretty suspicious if you don't know the cause. Yes. Well, and if you don't understand the brain or chemistry. Yeah. Then yeah. Yeah. If you're not able to say the words bugging out, <laughs> you know. This, yes. You're uh, uh, and I and I should uh, clarify that LSD is was originally derived from this. Um, the compounds are not identical, but yes. Also uh, interesting to note, Saint Anthony, the patron saint of grave diggers. Okay. Oh. Who'd have thunk it? It's patron saint so for everything these days. That's that's one that's one thing. There's also things like so I read about a story of a um you ever heard of Peter the Wild Boy? Yeah. There's a Werner Herzog so, movie about this, I think. Yeah, so Peter the Wild Boy was a, a boy that was found wandering naked on all fours in a German forest in seventeen twenty five. And the people who found him sort of assumed that he was like a werewolf or what raised by wolves. Um, he ate with his hands, he couldn't speak. He was eventually adopted by the courts of King George I and King George II and lived out his days there as their pet. But by the accounts of the time, researchers now think that he likely had Pitt-Hopkins syndrome, which was a syndrome that wasn't identified until 1978, Hmm. so some 250 years after Peter was found. Um, It causes lack of speech, seizures, distinct facial features, difficulty breathing, and intellectual challenges. Um. So like so a chromosomal of, thing? It is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of um there is a lot of s- stories of feral children. Yeah, why why? Um why are like there the, so many? Children get abandoned, like their their parents end up dying and they live kind of out in the wilderness and usually that's what's happened uh and then, you know, this is this is the like, you know, archetypal like like you mentioned, raised by wolves. Um, there are cases, supposed cases of uh, children being raised by uh, monkeys, um, <clears throat> and other primates, wolves, dogs, bears. One, uh, these are from like the 1600s. So again, these are all like you have to take them with massive grain of salt. Sheep, cattle, goats. Uh, one uh, <laughs> supposedly raised by ostriches uh, in like the year 2000 uh, and then several others. The problem is with a lot of these that yes, they're like abandoned children um, and, and unfortunately throughout history and in, to this day, like sometimes children are abandoned. Um, but um, the problem with a lot of these is that they, it ends up like coming to light later on that they, weren't really raised by animals like they were usually like older children a lot of times um but in some cases like there are children that are basically not had human contact at a crucial age and so they never learned to speak 
and things like that. But I think some of these feral children, it's, I think it's kind of tied in with the, the werewolf lore a little bit. Sure. Well, then there's also lycanthropy. Um, we've, we've talked about this a little bit as we've gone along. A psychological condition, very rare, that causes people to believe that they're changing into a wolf or another animal, depending on the animals of the region you live in. Um, as I mentioned, it's 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 the delusions seem to be associated with the belief that such a thing could happen, and we we talked about this with with vampires as well um, throughout history. That like believing that it is possible is an essential part of having such uh, such delusions. Do you think do these uh, do these stories occur in? parts of the world like you mentioned that don't have a werewolf tradition well no i mean they do but it's only because the only reason they don't have a werewolf tradition is because it's another animal another animal again like hyena or leopards in africa for example um i guess that there are still like many many nations and people in the world now um especially like more isolated parts of the world that still like hold these beliefs and so this sort of delusional disorder can be um i can i guess maybe a little bit more common there okay so they they might yeah it's not werewolf but rather you know were hyena or something it's turning into a, an animal yeah. yeah it has its name obviously comes from that greek story we talked about and in the greek story somebody has turned into a wolf and the it literally means wolf man mm-hmm. the word but it's just because it's named from the western world gotcha yeah um yeah then there's um hype hyper <clears throat> hypertrichosis hypertrichosis joe i think you wanted to talk about this one a bit. yeah so there are several disorders that can cause uh, an excess of body hair. Um, you may have heard of like hirsutism. Hirsutism is like uh, occurs in women uh, about up to seven percent, and it's um, dark body hair um, uh, on the face and other parts of the body uh, has to do with um, uh, excess of um, androgens or male hormones. Um, and there's other like various different body hair kind of uh, abnormalities, some caused by like medication. Uh, there was a case from oh, okay. sp- uh, from Spain from not that long ago where children started growing hair uh, all over, and it occurred. It, it was found out that they were supposed to be getting a meprazole, which is like a uh, acid reflux medication. It said they were getting um, like a balding medication. Okay. So they were growing hair all over their body, um, and if you take um, uh, if you take medications for balding, like al- what's called alopecia, they do help you grow hair in your head, but then they also make you grow hair like all over sometimes. Um, and then there's some um, various other things, but the one that most people are talking about when they talk about werewolf syndrome is called um, congenital hypertrichosis terminalis. So you've like several different kinds of hair on your body. Um, you've got vellus hair, which is the like kind of fine hair that's all over your body. Sure. And then you have um, terminal hair. That's the hair that's on your head. 
and this disorder it's called keep talking up here terminalis because you get like hair or a head hair like all over their face and all over their body um it also has comes along with um something called gingival hyperplasia so that their gums grow uh extra big um which can also sometimes like push teeth out so you can see um if a person is covered in hair and they're missing some of their teeth which might make like their canines look pronounced you could see where some people might say well this person is transforming into a wolf um uh, so i you know i kind of think like uh well, I'll get to that in a second. What causes it is very recently figured out what causes it. It's on the X chromosome. So just briefly, male humans in general have uh, XY, X chromosome and Y chromosome. Females, XX. Um, so it's carried on the chromosome that you get from your mother. Um, men and women can have it. Um, but uh, what seems to have happened is a chunk of genetic a chunk of DNA has been inserted into the X chromosome and it turns on the genes for terminal hair production all over the body. So most mammals got hair all over the body. It's just uh, mostly primates that don't have hair in some places like our face. Uh, and really humans are like, we're the hairless ape. Um, at some point in evolutionary history, those genes for hair production, terminal hair production were turned off most of the human body and this disorder they're turned on because this piece of genetic code is broken. Um, the regulation of this gene for hair production on the X chromosome. So there you go. There's a, uh, a star Trek episode where they kind of, uh, try to explain that. Hmm. The uh, the crew de evolves into other creatures. Oh yeah, because of an experiment that turns on the uh, the latent. I forget what they call them. The Is this when Barclay turns into a spider? Yeah, yeah. And Riker turns turns into a big Neanderthal guy. Yeah, it, yeah. that's right. It like uh, yeah, it's supposed to turn on um, like yeah the genes that have been turned off throughout evolutionary history, which is like kind of a there yeah <laughs> there's problems with that would have been kind of funny if like Riker would have been in, like a neanderthal but also but suddenly he could sit normally oh yeah i thought you'd say he's a neanderthal but so he's just like um but he's he's, he's still trying to seduce space ladies <laughs> he's exactly the same in every way exactly. except he has a uni unibrow exactly he's still playing a trombone sitting like a psycho <laughs> cooking cooking eggs me regular me cook eggs. <laughs> um, There's a whole family of people with this hypertrichosis. I think they're from Mexico, maybe. Yeah, they're but they're like a circus, circus performers, sideshow yeah. family. That's where it's in this family because it's passed down from generation to generations. Where they discovered the location of the mutation. Mm. Um, and it's extraordinarily rare. Right? Yeah, I it's mean, like really, really rare. Less than 100 cases worldwide. So it's it's very very rare. Even that seems remarkably high to me. Uh yeah, and it's occurred throughout history. There there's paintings from um uh some uh like wealthy 
uh, noble families um, where they clearly have hypertrichosis. So it's pr that's pretty fascinating. But um, they were like, you know, novelties at court and thing like, things like that. Yeah, well, that's not surprising. Well, and yeah, you know, some of those like noble families are fairly inbred, so I don't know if that has something to do with it. Well, there's probably a lot more of that than we know of because a lot of it probably wasn't painted. It was just they shoved that kid into a fucking dungeon. Right, right. That's true. Well, um, if you guys, I don't know if you guys have anything else to talk about, but I wanted to just like really briefly. This one was a little bit of a struggle. But I wanted to talk about like the werewolves in the real world, like I did with vampires and zombies. Yeah, go this ahead. one was hard because there really aren't like creatures that, like you know turn from one thing into another thing. I just want to talk about wolves really, really briefly, right? That's fine. Um, so wolves are cool. Yeah, we like wolves. So you got mammals, um, and mammals have a long history. So the first mammals appear, um. You know, kind of around the same time as the first dinosaurs coexist with the non-bird dinosaurs. They survive the mass extinction at the end of the, end of the Cretaceous and sort of diversify into, you know, many varied and larger forms than are kind of the dominant land animals today. And the largest animal that's ever lived, the blue whale, is a mammal. But anyway, we're not talking about them. We're talking about doggies. So doggies <laughs> and wolves are... Uh, the family Canidae, they're part of an order called the Carnivora, which is like all mostly the carnivorous mammals. Um, they are so, so us. No, we're primates. Um, so we're kind of the exception. Uh, mm. Pretty much all the carni carnivorous mammals happen to be through kind of a quirk of evolution in this one group. Um, but uh, they're called the carnivora. They, depending on which classification system you're looking at, they are most closely related to the pangolin, which is like sometimes called a scaly anteater. They're these really odd creatures. You should look them up. They always look like they're plotting something. Um, what are they? What, how do you, what are they called? The um, the pangolin. I almost gave you the scientific name because <laughs> that's what comes to mind first. Sorry. Perissodactyls, which are, um, and perissodactyls, which are the odd-toed undulates, which would be horses, tapirs, and rhinos. So huh. that's the closest relatives to the the carnivorans. About forty-two million years ago, you get a big split in the carnivorans between the Feliformes, which are the cats, the cat-like animals, and the Caniformes, which are the dog-like animals. Um. Okay. So uh, that's like dogs and bears. And then by about um, 38 million years ago, you have the first canids. So that's the group that dogs belong to. That's dogs, wolves, um, foxes, and uh, many other kinds of um, animals that you have not heard of. But it's a, it's a relatively large family of animals. Um. But none of them turn into people, unfortunately. That we know of. Uh, they live all, the, all over the world, though. So they're very, very successful group. Um, I say, you know what else lives all over the world? Pe people? People. That's, That's true. Well, and dogs are 
the first domesticated animal and humans have been living with dogs for longer than recorded history. So I wonder if yeah. that has something to do with some of this lore. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not sure. I know we were talking about hyper- like our, our familiarity with wolves, basically. Yeah. Uh, there's also like hype the, you know, and the hyper, um, hyper trichosis. I was saying like, I think you could probably see how people might, Get werewolves like that one from I totally that. get for sure. The other what? one though, like the French stories I talked about, I really think yeah. it's that like people knew how vicious wolves could be and what it's like when a wolf kills something. Yeah. And when there's a serial killer who's like slaughtering mm-hmm. children, yeah. It's hard to like accept that. Even now it's hard to accept that. The right. easiest way to put it is like, well, this person must have turned into a beast and torn these kids apart. Like yeah. so you can kind of see how you connect that just to like get past well you're on the same page as me what i was going to say is like yeah i think like the the quote-unquote werewolf disease like that does seem like you could you know create a a story from that but for i'm i'm mostly usually in the camp of like we don't need to search for an explanation for these things because humans are good at creating stories yeah and creating stories to explain things i don't think there really needs to be like a like a real world explanation um, the human imagination is very powerful. Sure. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is the moon. And the full moon. Okay. Well, full moon supposedly turns you into a werewolf, right? That's what they say. Yeah. So uh, so what causes the full moon? Let's close out uh, by talking about the moon real quickly. So the moon is uh, is large compared to... Our moon is large compared to the moons of... Um, it's large in relation to the Earth compared to the satellites of other planets. Um, and it ca- Is it the largest, like, by ratio? Yes. Uh, it okay. Well, no. Uh, Pluto, um, which is not a planet, uh, it's a mm. planetoid body, um, has mm. Charon, which is, like, nearly the same size as Pluto. Um, that's actually one of the things that makes it not a planet. But I digress. Uh, so the moon does not turn you into a werewolf, but it does affect the tides, infects the earth in many different ways. Um, sure. So first off, um, we talked about vampires last week or two weeks ago. Vampires come out at night, right? Because they can't come out during the day because sunlight kills yep. them. The problem with that. Like mosquitoes. The, the problem with that is that uh, this, what, where does moonlight come from? Where does it come from? Where does it come from? It comes from reflection of the sun. Moonlight is sunlight. Yeah. So Correct. So vampires can't come out at night either if the moon is full. <laughs> because uh, the moon doesn't ah. give off any light of its own. It's like you said, it's reflected light from the sun. So when we if we are- want to, I mean, but but scientifically here though, there is going to be less UV exposure at night. So there. you could argue that they can they can the threshold is such yes that if you go by Blade uh, the Blade Comics rules, yes, it's ultraviolet. Um, yeah. So yeah, what causes a full moon? So basically, a full moon is when the Earth is uh, in between the sun and the moon. Okay. You get the moon is fully illuminated. When the moon is in between the earth and the sun, 
then you get the new moon where you can't see the moon at all. And these phases of the moon occur roughly monthly. Um, our monthly calendar was pretty much based on the lunar cycle. Obviously now it's not because we've added days and things like that. Hmm. Um, that's how you can get, you know, to a blue moon, two full moons in a month because it's not exact, but yeah, but that's what causes the phases of the moon. It's just the relative position of the moon, the sun and the earth and how much light is reflected, um, off the moon from the sun. And then lastly, like I said, the moon cannot turn into werewolf, but it does affect the earth in a lot of powerful ways. Like it makes the tides. The moon is what makes high and low tide, which you right. might've known. Mm -hmm. Um, so the moon is the moon's gravity is pulling the ocean towards it. So the side of the earth that's uh, with that's facing the moon has the highest tide, something called high high tide here, and then uh, on the opposite side of the earth, you get what's called low high tide. So it it's still high tide there, but not because the ocean's being pulled towards the moon, but because the earth is being pulled towards the moon. The gravity of the moon actually deforms the shape of the earth, which is pretty Damn. fucking rad. Yeah. And it does so enough to make <laughs> the bulge go away from the ocean on the opposite side. So you get low high tide and then the other, quadrants of the earth are at low tide at that point until the moon changes position and then they become high tide. Uh, it also has to do with the friction of the ocean moving against the ocean floor, which is why mm. low tide, or I'm sorry, high tide is not exactly on the side of the earth that's facing the moon. It's slightly offset because of frictional forces between the water in the ocean and the ocean floor. Okay, okay. And it's also those frictional forces that uh, slowed down the moon's rotation. Or, I'm sorry, slowed down the Earth's rotation. Because a day on the planet Earth when the Earth was formed was, like, just a few hours. And But the moon itself slowed it down. The moon and the tides. Uh, and the friction from the tides. And the and we there was new research that just came out, like, a couple weeks ago about when this happened. Um but it was like 2 billion years ago that the earth sort of stabilized at a 24 hour cycle because huh. of the moon. So the moon is very powerful, but not powerful enough to turn you into a wolf. I'm sorry. Also, I think high, high tide is what you get. If you have ergot poisoning. <laughs> yes. If you go down to the beach <laughs> after uh, dropping some uh, funky wheat. <laughs> well, I, I do want to mention so where does the the connection between werewolves and the moon come from? And I just looked this up while you were talking. Um, all the way back to Greek and Roman times, there was a belief that wolves only howl at full moons, yeah. which is false. Right. But because of that belief, that's thought that that's how that connection was made. Yeah. And there's always been a question about whether full moons affect people, which seems like hokum, except there is... <laughs> A study from 20, 2009, I just thought that was interesting. 
This was conducted by um, a hospital, Australia's Calvary Matter Newcastle Hospital. They found that 90, sorry, uh, a study between August 2008 and July 2009 found that of the 91 violent acute behavior incidents at the hospital, 23% happened during a full moon, which I assume it was the highest percentage of any type of moon. Coincidence? Probably. Yes. <laughs> Most uh, certainly, but still. Well, that's roughly that a, a fourth. You're right. So, yeah, actually, when I first read it, I thought that I was like, I've heard that stat before, and I never really thought about it. Like, yeah, hmm, hmm. Well, that makes perfect sense. Wait a second, we were onto something. Yeah, there's been like various. Wait a second, wait a second. But to say that, Mark, you would have to then say that a full moon occurs 25 percent of the time during a month, but that's not true. A full full moon in a month you you get what two days with the actual full moon technically the technically the full moon lasts a day okay so that's what i'm saying like but you get a so you get a few days like a few days a month of like the moon yeah. looks very big okay so the right, way so that, what i'm saying Mark, the way that they like, figured this out it is statistically relevant i guess it's statistically relevant it still seems very low 23 percent, and it's a sample size of 91 over the course of a year so uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that more research is needed, but yeah, it's well, kind of interesting. What um, there's been various. Like, it also it also points out. Can I say this too? That yeah. many of the of the patients that acted violently were also on either drugs or alcohol at the time. So there's also that. So there's um, there's various different like studies that have like shown some kind of correlation between moon phase and like violent crime and things like that that's not the only one the problem is when like um even going back to like 1991 when they reviewed like a hundred of these studies they're they don't actually even the studies themselves don't really show what they claim to show and most of them are just bullshit (laughs) right um but um the uh the best thing that people have come up with is like oh so what's probably going on is that it's there's not even a correlation that you can demonstrate but even if you can people have said maybe like it's brighter during a full moon so maybe it's like easier to like people stay out later things like that uh that's probably the, be. probably the best you can come up with easier to commit crimes when you see what you're doing Maybe it's because during a full moon, everybody's like their bulge is being pulled all over the place. It aggravates you. It's pulling your bulge. Don't pull my bulge. It's a strong <laughs> subtitle. Subtitle. Comic. Get your hands off my bulge, moon. Ow! <laughs> Lay off my bulge now. Ow! <laughs> well, Mark, any last words? <laughs> No, I don't know. I didn't know a whole lot about your bulge in any particular way today. Get your hands off of my bulge, damn moon. <laughs> no, I don't know. I didn't really know a whole lot about werewolves, and I think that the the um, historical mentions and reinterpretations are pretty interesting. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I didn't really think that this legend went back as far as it did, but there you go. 
I mean, it wouldn't be an episode of an hour of our time if we didn't go back to visit the Greeks. I mean, if you're looking for something more to learn about the American werewolf, there are people who, you know, there are Bigfoot sightings, but some of those people think they're, you know, it's a werewolf instead, and then all of them are wrong. That's but true. It's okay. That's true. There is like the <laughs> yeah, like the various different where or you know there's the ohio grass monster even oh the ohio grass monster yeah who do you think would win in a fight a vampire a werewolf or a zombie well they had all those movies uh, the underworld movies didn't see them. well i never saw those oh you didn't oh i'll <laughs> give you the plot synopsis the vampires were sexy and the werewolves were like pretty cool looking they're like wolf people and super strong and they were fighting for centuries see this feels like a paper scissors rock to me Mm. where like werewolves defeat zombies for sure because werewolves are like they're super fast super strong they'll just tear through them I think that zombie beats vampire unless the vampire is in a large group because I think the horde mentality wins there. So now it's a matter of vampire versus werewolf. Um, okay, I I'm think finally... vampire has the edge because he's still suave. All right, I'm uh, I'm finally I'm doing this. I'm looking I up. I think werewolf. Lo- I think werewolf beats beats a uh, vampire. I'm looking up. It's it's a strength thing. I'm looking up the D and D stats for these <laughs> these monsters. Zombies aren't in there, right? Oh, zombies sure are. So zombies are like very weak enemies. Makes sense because their strength is numbers, not individual performance. Yeah, and then werewolves are the thing about werewolves is that you can't hurt them unless you have a magic weapon or a silver weapon. Hmm. Um. I think vampires are. There's different kinds of vampires, but like it's a lot. If if we're believing all lore here, like it's really easy to just like make a cross or like get some holy water. Acquiring silver is a little bit tougher, and I also think you can't underestimate pack hunters. Oh. So I mean, here's the thing. Yeah. If, if you have one zombie versus one vampire versus one werewolf, that's a different story. But if we can put them in their like in their natural environment, a pack of werewolves, a horde of zombies, or like and Dracula, and Dr- then I think you got a different situation. Well, that's right. There's different vampires have like varying levels of. Like, is it like yeah? You know, is it yeah? Is it Dracula or is it just like you know some? Is it Blade? Fucking Daywalker. Well, that's true. Or is it just some like chump vampire? Like yeah, like one of his lackeys. Okay, so I told you I was going to do this. Looking up the stats of zombie, werewolf, and vampire, vampire of Dungeons Dragons Fifth Edition, vampires are far and away more powerful than werewolves. Far and away more powerful. They they can do a bunch of different. They can cast spells, and they have more hip hit points. That's true. Yeah. Well, 
And also, like, can the zombies run? Yeah, are they the 28 Days Later zombies? Or are they the yeah. Dawn of the Dead zombies? Like we talked about. Like if they, yeah, if they're, the Dawn, if they're the 28 Days Later ones, they're fast and they're angry. Well, there's a bunch of they're them. They're kind of wolf-like. Yeah. So I still give the vampires... I, I still give the vampires edge here. Well, hey... An hour of our time podcast dot uh sorry an hour of our time podcast at gmail dot com. Tell us what you think. Make a compelling argument. Who would win in a fight between these three? And we will discuss it next week before our we'll, exorcism episode. We'll put up a poll on our Instagram. That's what you should do. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yes. All right, we'll do it. So look out for that. All right. All right. We'll see you next week. See you later. Ah. Werewolves of London. You made it the whole time. You did it at the beginning, did it at the end. It's a good song. Thank you for listening to an hour of our time. If you like what you heard, we encourage you to explore our catalog of over 150 episodes and rate and review on your platform of choice. And if you have any comments or episode topic suggestions, contact us at anhourofourtimepodcast at gmail.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.